Okay. So today we just have uh, two shlokas, 16th and 17th. So uh, we'll start off with the Dhyana um, shloka and then we'll go right into the 16th shloka after that second chapter. Yeah? Okay. Yeah. Okay, Vidya. Yeah. Okay. So you. Second chapter, 16th one. <clears throat> I'll try to uh, start off with the higher Shruti, but usually because no, okay. practice with Rajesh and you know, I listen <clears throat> to my uh, Guru Garu's recordings also, which is on a lower Shruti. I just got so used to it. <laughs> yeah, I have asanas. <laughs> That's okay. Okay. Nasato vidyate Dieti sataha Nabhavo vidyati sataha Nabhavo vidyati sataha So on the first half, in case you all have it as bhavo, we have to correct it as bhavaha. Because when we split, we have to, it has to change from bhavo to bhavaha. Okay. Nasato vidyate bhavaha. Nabhavo vidyate sataha. Nasato vidyate bhavaha. Nabhavo vidyate sataha Nasato vidyate bhavaha Nabhavo vidyate sataha Ubhayora pidrishtontaha Ubhayora pidrishtontaha Ubhayora pidrishtontaha Dvanayostatvadarshibhihi Tvanayostatvadarshibhihi 
So similarly here, the because we are splitting the second line also into two different uh, two parts. Uh, so in case if you don't have a visargam after the first half, uh, you need to delete that is and then add the visargam to the first half. Ubhayorapi drishtontaha Ubhayorapi drishtontaha Avinashi to Yena sarvamidam tatam. Yena sarvamidam tatam. Yena sarvamidam tatam. Avinashitu tadvedhi. Yena sarvamidam Avinashitutadvidhi Tatam Vinasham of Sorry. 
Vinashamavyasyasyanakashitkartumarhati. Good. So that's it for today. See you all next Thank week. Thank you, Priti. Thank you, Priti. Thank you. So I, I hope the, uh, you know, when you're learning the uh, chanting, you're able to uh, figure out where to, you know, you figure out the commonly used words, right, in, uh, in this thing. This is the most important thing because it'll help us to, um, you know, easily remember the shlokas. And when you remember the shlokas, you know, you can easily remember the, the content of that particular thing. And that's the most important thing, what you will notice. You know, you may, it may sound pretty monotonous in the initially when you're learning it, but over a period of time, you'll find it so useful that, uh, you know, uh, you will, you'll start learning more, actually. <laughs> All right. So we are at 612. So uh, uh, I'm going to quickly summarize uh, what, uh, you know, we discussed uh, in the last GD. Uh, I was not there, but there definitely, you know, I listened to the entire uh, thing and I made my notes. And I'm going to uh, read out from my notes and uh, then summarize it. So um, in the last uh, GD, we discussed uh, shlokas uh, 14 and 15 in chapter 2. And basically, uh, in, in 14 and 15 in uh, chapter 2, uh, Bhagavan tells uh, Arjuna to bear whatever uh, 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 the, sense, the sense organs you know, uh, interact with the external world and gives us some inputs, whatever, you know, pleasant ones or unpleasant ones, heat or cold. And uh, he says that, you know, they are all passing. Uh, it will not continue for long. So just bear them. And then he says the person who bears those is the one who is fit for achieving immortality. And in the last GD discussions, you know, it is so powerful. I, I really enjoyed it um, because... Uh, all of us, uh, we discussed about the one of the most important criteria, which is uh, titiksha, forbearance and strength. And, uh, you know, there was a lot of discussions about, uh, especially there were two interesting stories, one uh, about uh, a non-retorting snake and uh, a mudslinging ma match between two pigs. Okay. And uh, and the idea to understand when to be patient and when not to be patient. So in the case of the story of the snake, the snake was misinterpreting what it should be, uh, uh, what, what is its true nature, and it was misinterpreting, it was behaving as if it was a dumb one. So it was a wrong interpretation of uh, uh, what titiksha needs to be. Titiksha does not mean you got to bear everything. So titiksha means oh. you understand the reality that this is, passing and then you know accept it rather than uh, accept everything without even thinking about whether this is logical thing to do or not likewise in the case of the two pigs you know not getting into a match mudslinging match is the most important thing so there are beautiful stories wonderful and uh, there was a lot of discussions about uh, why we should uh, uh, bear these and there was a beautiful point about you know it could be because of the prarabdha karma the karma that we carry forward from our past lives that we have to bear this. We don't have a choice, right? That's the, that was a very interesting thing. Uh, the couple of uh, things that also talk about um, uh, 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 
there was a, there was a discussion about um, you know an expressed emotion anger and there was a very powerful point which said that you know um, even if you can be externally you can exhibit anger outside in our mind we should not feel that anger that was a very very in- interesting thing and the other thing that that also struck me was uh, 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 the discussion on on the pain suffering happiness and sadness that was very powerful in the context of titiksha and uh, acceptance and uh, understanding so there was a lot of discussion why do we why do people have to suffer what is happiness what is sadness so is there a pain and pain and suffering what's the difference between pain and suffering that is very good and first of all the most important thing is you know uh, should we even suffer and if we have to suffer how do we suffer and while we are suffering what do we have to do those are the kind of questions that were that were coming up so basically um, the the group we kind of you know, said okay first of all take it as an acceptance attitude or prarabdha karma or um should we do a tit for tat you know if someone hurts us should we hurt them or not and finally we come to a conclusion in the group that you know tit for tat doesn't work because my dharma is my dharma their dharma is their dharma my karma is my karma their karma is their karma and they will have to suffer i'll have to suffer even if i do a tit for tat i will have to suffer so that was a conclusion what um, uh, we seem to have come in the last uh, gd then uh, somebody talked talked about uh, uh, delegated to god you know why why take all the suffering you just say okay it's your problem to solve my problem and then let him let him take care of my problems then uh, settling scores obviously no no that's not a that's a big no no and then the most important point also came up about was uh, you know all this attitude of suffering that comes up to us is perhaps because there is a sense of mistaken identity we seem to be incorrectly judging who we are therefore we are feeling that suffering that was a very beautiful point um then uh, there was a point about uh, samadhana bheda danda that has to be employed like what rama did i didn't quite get that quite clearly but maybe i will take it offline um then finally it came about it, it uh, finally we talked about uh, what gita and yoga shastra says where uh, yoga also says that maintaining equipoise is the goal and eventually this is what is going to solve all our problems and there was a beautiful point which was a flipping of the entire problem statement the problem statement is like you know we are exhibiting anger and or we are we are we are suffering how can we get over the suffering but the when but then somebody flipped it and they said that okay actually we are suffering because you know that is not our true nature the true nature is happiness so therefore whatever is coming away from happiness is what we are experiencing so the idea is you have to go back to your true nature behave like a true nature so whenever you get ang whenever you get angry or any of those 2k lm3 emotions then you have to know that that is not the true nature and therefore the whole idea is to remove off the, all those things that are not your true nature and then be your true nature in all the life circumstances so that was beautifully summarized uh, in terms of uh, uh, the the uh, the two shlokas you know matra sparshastra konteya and uh, you know someone who has to maintain equanimity so the whole whole theory uh, in those two things was um, be equanimous and only if you are equanimous you will be able to understand what exactly does it mean to be immortal right and that's the whole thing uh, there are a couple of other things that i that that uh, uh, that resonated with me was something what ajay said it's only 4% which is theory and 16% is upasana and 80% is dharma so we got to do that and that was very beautiful what uh, i really enjoyed it and uh, uh 
the other thing was uh, the rudyard kipling's poem if it seems to me that if uh, poem i read it very well at uh, two three times and thanks uh, krishna for that and uh, he just seemed to have you know did a english version in a short way of bhagavad gita that's what i understood it as so um, i hope i uh, summarized uh, well if i missed anything uh, we, anyone can uh, you know share that i think just one point so uh, so the way you mentioned that once you are equipoised then you can experience your real nature i think even the the corollary works if you understand what you really are it is easier to be in equipoise so i think it works both ways in the in the shloka got it start whichever you want yes got it so there was a discussion about going from known to unknown and unknown to known so i missed that point yeah yeah got it thank you thank you alpana all right so with that uh, today we are uh, covering you know the actually yesterday you know i was speaking with muku and muku was saying you know he said it's a spiritual lacha in the morning right and it's energizing spiritual lacha so for the for all the non bitches here lachas is general chat so <laughs> so that is pretty good so today we are we are covering 2.16 and 2.17 so as usual anyone can pick pick the thread and uh, share your aha moments and we can uh, you know kick off from there not an aha moment but i just wanted to uh, share something from uh, swami spg's lecture on this particular uh, shloka so he narrates that story of uh, i mean he says this is one of those uh, this gives the essence of uh, philosophical essence of the gita itself i mean there are multiple essences and this is this gives the philosophical essence of the entire gita and uh, it says it's a tough one and uh, then he relates that story of uh, um you know uh, sage vyasa you know when he asked uh, lord ganesha to write it so ganesha of course put a condition saying that you know i will um, you know the moment you stop i will after that i mean if you give a pause then i am not going to continue so you'll have to tell the shlokas continuously without any pause and um, you know so in between it seems you know uh, during the mahabharata and of course gita you know he he tells one or two tough ones so that he can take a pause and he can take a breath you know so and this is one such shloka it seems so after because then ganesha goes into a loop thinking you know understand the meaning of uh, sorry I, i didn't say that you know so so he puts a condition back saying that you know okay i will not stop but you will not write if you don't understand the meaning and uh, so he so in between i believe he says some tough ones and this is one of those tough ones Uh, it seems you know that is the reason why i circulated that uh, that proposal summary because in some ways this kind of shloka almost sort of encapsulates and summarizes what's in like probably 100 uh, shlokas in that proposal um, yeah i mean and and obviously all the aha moments have happened when we did when we went through that proposal but i think the the example that is probably the most quoted is about the pot and the and the fire and and how pot has uh, you know 
pot is hot because it is not not because it is intrinsically hot as is the fire but because it has borrowed heat similarly uh, it's really the uh, consciousness or the eternal consciousness which is which has all the all the consciousness and we have you know <clears throat> matter kind of shines in that in that consciousness or manifests in that consciousness and it has no it so it's got borrowed consciousness from what is referred to in tatvagotha as the original consciousness or or atman uh, but again very very deep uh, and yeah it's kind of taken taken me a lot of time to to reflect on this but it's beautiful like this is uh, one of the favorite shlokas of uh, ramana maharshi as well so if he said if i have to choose one shloka from gita it is this one and then he goes on for 40 other shlokas but this was his shloka because this encapsulates advaita philosophy completely <laughs> i mean i mean spg kind of puts it really beautifully he says he says uh, atma is sat uh, everything else is asat and then he says that's all om tat sat that's all that's all is gita <laughs> I think what does this shloka mean? What it says? It says that the reality always exists; it doesn't stop existing, and what is mitya never existed. And uh, the people who see both of this, they know the truth. So, um, I think any experience that we have has a reality and an ex- an appearance component to it. so wherever there is that isness that is the reality and appearance is the name and the form because i think that's where it goes back to the example of that clay pot if you say clay pot if you look at it through and through it is just the clay where is the pot so if we say that clay pot has a separate reality from the clay then we should be able to take that clay away and a clay pot should exist but it cannot so clay is the one which is the reality and the appearance is the clay pot so clay existed before the clay pot it will continue to exist after the clay pot is destroyed but that name and form which you cannot point to and that is what i think i was trying to explain through that example of the ship where is that clay pot it's nowhere it's just a name and form as a concept which is given to a particular uh, once a form is taken but that form in reality doesn't have a substantial existence it appears for some time and it can go away and then there's another example which goes on that isness is the one thing which always exists so they say a pot exists but then the person says oh if the pot is destroyed the destroyed pot exists and then they say even if that is taken away then they said but the but a book exists so something is existing all the time and when it goes into the pralaya the existence is there but you cannot experience it so you need these objects shapes and forms to experience that isness but isness is our true nature and that always exists and it never because isness is not there then the opposite of existence is non existence so that doesn't exist so existence is the only one even if you look at just a play of words 
it is the thing which always exists and that is our our nature uh, so i think that's the, the that's the key of this particular shloka actually uh, you know alpana well very well said uh, when i read this shloka for the first time it went totally some 20000 feet above and it was just flying on top of it i just couldn't understand what was uh, what was being said but when i got it then suddenly the most powerful benefit that i got out of it was that i don't need to be worried anymore of dying because death is all a cons- mental construct and that was so powerful it was so relieving not that you know i'll not struggle uh, you know if there's a uh, uh, what do you call it Let, let's say an accident happens or some uh, disease comes in or whatever you know i will struggle but the point is you know that has got nothing to do with non existence that was such a liberating you know i was able to separate out in my mind that these two are different things and that that kind of you know helped me to open up a little bit and say okay my life is not limited by 60 or 70 or whatever i don't even know how long it's going to be but but at the at, from that from that state i moved to saying that i am going to be permanent and that was so powerful actually liberating i see two hands raised krish uh, uh, kishore and krishna uh, so yeah please. beautifully uh, described uh, alpana so the the version that i also liked another one of this for 216 is in swami parthasarathi's book and he says like how when we are awake uh, that that it seems very real and when we sleep the dream looks very real and then when we go to the deep sleep mode everything else the whole world that we thought this real completely vanishes off and then the cycle repeats except that somehow when we come to this waking sleep we kind of hold on to this extremely strongly and uh, attached but every day itself we are kind of getting this three loop versions and and he explains this real and unreal uh, very nicely with with that analogy uh, with, with that one one quick uh, trivia for today uh, so four days ago uh, speaking of bhagwan ramla marshi four days ago april 14th was his day he attained uh, mukti uh, samadhi or i mean he already attained but yeah. from the mortal coil uh, that way and uh, today is the uh, star birthday of uh, shri ramanujacharya uh, so that like again my my uh, friend one of my friends sent about it like he's he's written bashyam it's called the shri bashyam of bhagavad gita and it's uh, extremely well read and the vaishnava tradition Uh, tradition completely follows follows on that and to tie it to other discussion we had uh, swami ramanujacharya's uh, birth star is uh, arudra and in tamil uh, the nakshatram is tiruvadirai and uh, the other big proponent of vaishnavism is uh, swami vedanta desikar and this nakshatram is shravana nakshatram which in tamil is tiruvonam and there are only two nakshatrams in tamil which have the prefix tiru tiruvadirai and tiruvonam and tiruvadri is the nakshatram of uh, shiva and tiruvonam is the nakshatram of uh, bhagwan vishnu there you thank you krishna kishor yeah um uh, uh, thank you for that explanation alpana this is uh, so this is obviously the essence of the upanishads right i mean um, uh, gita brings a lot of things together and in this case uh, at least the first few Uh, around 20 to 30 shlokas right of uh, chapter 2 is all the real essence of upanishads um i just wanted to add a couple of things to bring down the level of abstraction 
a little bit uh, below. So uh, the way I see it, uh, one example for um, uh, to understand the, the real and unreal and the, the presence of objects is needed to understand our, uh, our experience consciousness, right? Is uh, the example given is that in space, right? We, when we look at space, it's completely dark uh, or so it seems, apparently it's dark, but in reality, there's only light there, right? But if there is an object in space, that can be, the light can be experienced and you see immediately that, wait, it's not dark, it's actually light everywhere. And all it needed was an object to reflect it, right? So in the same way, there is consciousness everywhere and the, it needed a reflecting medium. And the reflecting medium is in the form of our subtle body, which is able to reflect it. And hence we are able to experience that consciousness, right? Now, um, again, when I, I remember when I heard this the first time, it was still abstract. Um, and I just wanted to add some more from Swami Bhumananda's book uh, to me, one of, uh, one of the classic books where he really, really uh, digs into this more deeply um, by looking at the metaphysics of it, right? So just to add to that, um, if you look at the five elements, right? Earth, water, fire, air, and space. Now, everything in the matter uh, universe is made of these five elements. Now, if you look at our own body, Obviously, now we can, we can find Earth, which is most of the physical, a lot of the physical body. Most of the body is also made of water, right? A, a large percentage is water. There is fire because if you think about it, our body is able to maintain the temperature of 37.8 or whatever that is, uh, even when we are in much colder areas. There is fire that's keeping that, right? Keeping the body temperature to where it is at. Um, there is air, obviously, we're breathing air, and there is space. So if you look at uh, from Earth to space, it is going from less subtle to the most subtle. And we spoke about this last time, that consciousness is even more subtler than space. Now, which means that consciousness has to be present in space because it's more subtle. Space has to be present in air. Air has to be present in fire. In fact, there is no fire without air, right? Um, and fire has to be present in water because that, that's how solid becomes liquid again. And, and from there it evaporates and, and, and so on. So if you look at it from the metaphysical side, this consciousness being the subtlest has to be present in us. And okay, so that is on the physical side, but then we start to realize, okay, then if it is there, then how do I experience it, right? The air and other things we, I can experience in the body, I can see it, but how do I experience it? And that's where um, the consciousness part comes in. And then later on, they connect these things together and saying, oh, wait a minute, that, that I-ness, the, the one that does not change between experiences, that must be it. And, and then they connect the metaphysical aspect to our own experience and say, oh, so consciousness is the most subtlest one. Right? And then they connect that and say, that is the reality. Right? So I uh, just wanted to bring it down to, the, uh, to a couple of levels below the abstraction. Very well said, uh, Kishore. Uh, Lakshmi, I see you raised your hand. Oh, very well said, Kishore. It's, it's a, a 
outside and I, I don't know I, if I could have thought like that, but uh, it's awesome. It, it, it's, uh, it's that there is this book uh, by Swami Bhumananda. He, you know, uh, I think they, I may have read it like 15 times that particular chapter to understand and then <laughs> unlock it. But thank you. Yeah. Um, the second chapter actually is very mm. profound. Uh, I think these two slokas, the right slokas we picked, um, it's an, kind of an aha moment too, right? So the first one explains the real, unreal, realist, which stays constant throughout and, uh, and the, the conscious, right? It's not the body, mind, and intellect, which keeps on changing. And that's, that's one thing. And the other, the other thing was uh, like an aha for me in the sense that uh, in terms of duty for me, um, so the pot example especially talks about um, there are different pots. If you take an example, shapes and sizes, right? But again, when they get destroyed, they all merge into uh, the mud, right? So the same way we are all little, little pots in different shapes and uh, taking different shapes and different forms. Uh, but um, when we get destroyed it's the self that remains uh, that was it and it was like I felt like um, Krishna telling uh, Arjuna oh what are you waiting for just perform your duty and as a warrior as a leader uh, uh, don't hesitate to fight with uh, Bhishma because everyone at the end um, merges into their big self right so and in terms of if translating uh, that to us, it's, it's like um, throughout our life, we have to perform our duties. It doesn't matter as a mother, a wife, or a, um, uh, a sister, or a, uh, whoever, right? So, uh, so as an employee or whoever, right? So just perform your duties, but we are all the same. Don't worry about what's happening, kind of. <clears throat> Very well said. Good one. So at the end of the day, you know, I think there was a there was another another discussion that uh, we had on the on the on the group, right? Saying that what's the purpose of life or something like that. I think we were having that discussion. At the end of the day, you know, life has got, you know, whatever you do is it's all fine. And at the end of the day, you got to realize that that that, that is who you are. But again, to achieve all that, it takes time and a lot of uh, <laughs> uh, what you through experience. It comes of a lot of practice, uh, but definitely it has a lot of meaning. Absolutely, yeah. Thank you, Ajay. To your question, uh, Rajesh, uh, you just need to press reaction, and then you'll see the raised Reaction and it's the bottom on the right. I don't seem to have that. I have only clap and uh, thumbs up and then set in emoticons, which I, which I could never understand how to use them. Below that? Yeah, so uh, the remote makes that you guys can help you on that then. Click no, it's not button. that. Anyway, it doesn't matter. We don't have to waste time on that. Yeah. Right now, the, 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 the one other sort of example that is easy to relate to uh, is the example of the electricity and the, and the light bulb. And that electricity is omnipresent in a way. Uh, it's only an example after all at the back end. Uh, and uh, it's the light bulb, which is temporary. It's got a filament. It could burn out. It may, it, 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 it can be manufactured and it would get destroyed. <clears throat> so to that extent, it's temporary or, or, 
as such, whereas electricity at the back end is uh, is, is permanent. Uh, <clears throat> but there are two words which kind of uh, you know, in, make an interesting sort of play of words. Electricity cannot be seen or felt, or you don't know. Electricity is like this kind of omnipresent thing, but it takes a bulb to reveal itself, right? Similarly, the bulb by itself has no existence, and it takes electricity to manifest it itself. So, the 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 play of words between reveal and manifest is something I really liked. You know, what's permanent does not get revealed; it is aparoch, right? But to manifest it, uh, you know, but 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 to reveal it, you need needs to manifest in a in a in a in a sort of temporary object to be able to for it to be understood, right? So, to me, I kind of I, I kind of related to that very well. Uh, I'm not perhaps saying it really quite quite well, but uh, the whole sort of play between reveal and manifest was quite quite eye opening to me. Yeah, and I just wanted to add here. Um, in in English, we have only real and unreal, but in Sanskrit, we use three words: sat, asat, and mithya. Here, asat refers to actually mithya in this particular context. So, sat is which doesn't have space-time object limitation. I think that's a good, good way to just remember it. So, it's there in all times, past, present, future. It is there in every space. So. It's not limited by space that it's here in Singapore and not in India and otherwhere. Um, and then the third one is it's not in a particular object, saying that okay, it's in Bhagwan Ki Murti. It's not in other places. So, so that's good way to remember that what is what is meant by sat. And asat, as per Sanskrit, is exact opposite of it. That it never exists. It doesn't exist in any space or in any object. So examples given are. Um, child of a barren woman, which is not possible. Then uh, they call it uh, flowers in in sky, and and uh, uh, so so these are the uh, and kargosh ke scene. So uh, so these are the three examples very commonly used, which are never never there. But asat is something um, which here it is referring to mithya. Is that you can experience it, but it doesn't have its own independent existence. And hence, it is limited by space, time, and object. So I thought, you know, it's, a, it's good to just have the clarification between these three things. That um, because in Mithya, it's not, it has, a, you know, borrowed existence, as we were using the term. That means it doesn't have its own existence. Uski satta nahi hai. Pratiti hoti hai. Asat ki na pratiti hoti hai na satta hai. Or sat ki satta hai par pratiti nahi hai. So, you know, those are the three things used. In the, in the shloka alpna, yeah. they use the word asat. Does that mean mithya really in that yeah. sense? So in this particular one, it is referring to mithya. You're right, because asat is, doesn't exist. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Alpana. Sakwa. Just one, uh, you know, uh, one query, you know, so uh, we understand, um, you know, the undying um, aspect of uh, the Atman, like, you know, Atman doesn't die. But in the same context, I think it also says unborn. So initially I got kind of confused uh, 
uh, about that aspect because we discussed quite a bit about that you know atma doesn't die but uh, atma is unborn is something it took time to um, you know uh, click for me actually so i i think what they're trying to say is it, you know it is exactly i mean it's a corollary of uh, dying right i mean it's so it's it's unborn uh, it is undying at the same time it is also unborn or yeah. is there anything more that we need to understand more on this i mean i think that that's that's well said actually you can't uh, you can't die because you're never born okay yeah and uh, just to add to what kishore was talking about this metaphysics and all that right and and uh, you know some of you know that you know i have this penchant for getting into vishnu sasranamam right so there is a word in one of the namam of vishnu uh, is uh, dhaturuttamaha okay the if you break the word dhatu plus uttamaha uttamaha you know is the elevated one or whatever the first or foremost whatever whichever way that you want to translate in english and dhatu is the element so there are five elements okay starting from the grossest to the subtlest which kishore explained from earth to all the way to space and i'm going to repeat that once again in the reverse order earth is grosser which we all can feel it you know and then goes on to water then fire then air and then space and uh, uh, uh we can we can probably see only from fire onwards but we cannot see air or space but we can only see the manifestations of that right when the tree is uh, swaying we can see the air and space you know that there is space because even air exists in it we exist in it so without space nothing gets created but then all these is the space is the most subtlest of dhatu okay so from that perspective each of these things if you put them in a step function right each of them is more subtler than the other and completely goes into the 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 one at the lower level now if you go that means space should be everywhere right so there's no difference between space inside the room and space outside the room and i think we talked about that in the in a previous gd but then but then somebody is recognizing that space who is that who is that person who is recognizing that space okay so there has to be something more subtler even space beyond space which is able to recognize that space and that's dhaturuttamaha that's the consciousness element which says which lends credence to even space which means if it can lend credence to space it lends credence to everything else below that very well said rajesh and just one point to satya um if consciousness was born then there has to be something which will know that consciousness is born so then it goes into the infinite loop then who will know that who will know that so there has to be something which is first which is existing without being born otherwise uh, who will know that it is born so there is no there is no uh, what do you call it uh, um, uh, in i think uh, there there's this uh, phrase in english right you know uh, uh, exceptions there's no exception to this actually actually yeah. <laughs> called anavastha dosh in sanskrit where it is it goes infinitely okay yeah. if something conscious of the conscious then something needs to be conscious of that conscious and then it goes infinitely yeah so it all merges at one place i think that's what uh, you know finally it says you know this is the consciousness it merges everything at consciousness yeah. so no one is conscious of consciousness <laughs> yeah yeah chitra uh, 
okay uh, i think this is more of a question i'm still swimming it's all over for me <laughs> i think um, it takes some time but uh, so rajesh uh, i mean i'm trying to get my hang over it you were saying we have different abatus uh, right and as you go subtler and subtler you reach space but who is it that is uh, seeing or is recognizing or uh, understanding all these dhatus so there has to be someone who's understanding all these different words or different entities or whatever you call it and that is what we are naming it as consciousness uh, and that of course that means because i understand that it has to be in me if you understand it has to be in you and whoever understands it has to be in them is this what we are saying That is, I'm just restating everything. Oh yeah, you said it very right. And the only thing is, uh, the only thing is, uh, uh, we we probably in this discussion we are making an assumption that there is one consciousness in you which is different from the consciousness in me, and difference in the different in a consciousness in somebody else. We are making that assumption implicitly, but we have to step back and say that consciousness which is in you and me and everybody else is the same. It's just one. Ah, that's the next step. That's the next step. Yes. Yeah. Do one step at a time. Okay. <laughs> okay. Thanks. This makes sense to clarify here. Understanding doesn't the way we understand understanding is intellectual understanding. Yes. But but the the consciousness we are talking about is it understands without the intellect. So actually, you can use the word illumines, which maybe makes slightly more um, different from understanding. It illumines. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it's more, more like we, more like the fact that. Uh, so you're not using an intellect to say that Earth exists. Right? You know it exists. I mean, something right. in you knows it, even when you're asleep or you're awake. Right. It doesn't change that particular thing. No, that's no, it's not. It's not that you know it exists. Okay, <laughs> it exists. That's ah. it. Okay, okay. <laughs> okay. Too many words for me to get through. Okay. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm, I'm trying. Really well. Yes. The example. The electricity is there. It illuminates yeah. everything, right? Electricity is just one. There is no sort of million electricities, right? There is one electricity. There is one consciousness, which illuminates everything else. Yeah. Yeah. I, I liked what you said, Ajay. But because both need to be there, right? So the electricity needs to be there, and the bulb needs to be there. without the two you don't have anything without the bulb electricity can continue to exist without the bulb i know but then you don't see it right in the sense it's not manifest so it's it's so okay. i we're growing up uh, i used to ask i mean my grandmother used to say uh, to anyone who asked that why why is why is there this world why does the world exist so uh, the story used to go um, you know um, <laughs> god was bored he had nothing to play with he had nothing to do so what does he do by himself so he needed some playmates and obviously when you have a play you have different you know emotions and everything and so we are actually helping him being happy by being sad and happy and angry so we are kind of entertaining him so uh, something similar right what ajay is saying is like without the bulb i mean yeah electricity exists but then it it doesn't it doesn't do anything it's too sad by itself consciousness exists always all it needs is a reflecting medium the example that uh, that kishore took about uh, space light is everywhere the reflecting medium to be seen or manifest so it's 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 a good sort of analogy i mean obviously nothing is perfect consciousness is consciousness there is no substitute or, yeah 
so chitra just to add to it uh, what you said you know actually god was not bored god actually got scared okay the emotion that started this entire world is fear because he got scared because he was all alone he created somebody and that's actually brihadaranika upanishad by the way oh, see, I'm, not, okay. i'm not i'm not kind of pulling it out of my head okay it's it's okay. actually it's that okay so i mean the corollary for that thing was you know fear is a very driving emotion for most of us 99% of us are driven by fear okay fear of failure for example fear of death and that's exactly causes us to get into you know we talked about this relationships and all right we get into relationships we have children because we want that continuity the fear of death we want to get over by progeny unfortunately or fortunately that's the reality of life fear of loneliness also no we don't want to be lonely yeah yeah yeah, yeah. The, the the first consciousness the consciousness was scared because of loneliness okay now you now you think about this whole thing you know at different levels when you when you devolve that pure consciousness into somebody within within a body you know everything falls into place you know why people live in societies why we marry why we have children everything seems to fall in place and i like the way swami spg goes forward in this story that god being god was so good at being not god that <laughs> we ended up here <laughs> oh i like that <laughs> so it's all his problem <laughs> let's blame it on him <laughs> blame it on him but the, but the good news is blame it on him and leave all the problems to him to solve let's not take the problems <laughs> <laughs> okay what well, i think hold on to it mahesh uh, mahesh uh, satya and kishor mahesh go yeah uh, just to add to what you were saying uh, help fire water space if you see all this uh, element exists only when your consciousness is attached to the body okay and when the consciousness is to the mind and that is where the space element is also created okay can we imagine something uh, i mean without space like for example a dream uh, there is space inside you or a deep sleep where there is no space also i mean there is nothing exists but still the consciousness exists so this points out uh, i mean this points out that seeing without the eyes hearing without the ears and smelling without the nose i mean that is a concept where uh, a consciousness is leading to the moment we are identified with the body space exists like while we are sleeping there is no space when you are identified with the body space exists so the i mean the definition of going to the subtler to the subtler is i mean according to me is only a part of the definition of the consciousness i think we have to understand it in a much broader or a deeper way uh like you know seeing without eyes i mean you can see without eyes i mean like in a darkness you see but there's nothing to see it's all you and you so that is uh, something which uh, been, uh, i've been thinking i mean uh, in these lines i mean which i feel more uh, depth understanding what i was speaking about so extremely well said mahesh i think at the end of the day you know it's uh, it's where we identify ourselves we create the particular world that's the whole thing you know if we identify ourselves say okay i am this particular person with this body and mind then suddenly i'm bound here because i i cannot be in in india but i'm here in the us right and 
and the moment the, the moment i close my eyes and say i am not the body and i am the mind then i am free to travel anywhere in the mind and go go to himalayas or to even to spaces imaginary imaginary worlds which probably exist don't exist nobody knows right that is Great one point. thing uh, the moment uh, i mean i was listening to swami anubhavananda thanks to ashish is, is he there ashish is there uh, ashish is there yes here yeah, here yeah. okay anubhavananda uh, used to i mean uh, very jokingly say uh, i mean uh, there was a joke which uh, he says this is one man goes to god and says god girls are so beautiful so understanding and uh, but after marriage they turn exactly opposite so for which the god god says i created girls but wife has been created by man so what it says is the moment you become something that means suppose if you are if you are a man and you became husband so the moment you became husband So you tend to work like husband or a wife, you know. That is a joke which you are telling. And similarly, I mean, we became this man. And the, mo- the moment we became the man, the space we identified with, so we have to work accordingly. This is an example which he gave. I felt uh, it was very adept uh, for this situation to understand it very intellectually as well as deeper meaning as well. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> I I should uh, Ashish I should get to read Swami over now. <laughs> listen, Rajesh. Yeah, absolutely. Listen. Yeah, I know. No, I am thrilled by his lectures. Really, I mean, one should uh, listen to Alkohol. So casually, so coolly, he answers each and every question. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Mahesh. Kishore, I see uh, your hand raised. Yeah, yeah. Just one more point. Uh, you know, yeah. Uh, and Rajesh, I mean. Uh, Mahesh actually introduced the point, which is um, uh, when we talk about unreal, right? Why do we say it's unreal, right? I mean, even though these things apparently, I mean, everything around us um, seems to exist, right? And and but we call it unreal. So that was another confusing uh, thing, right? How do you understand that? How do you make sense of that? Um, so one way to think about that is. Uh, again going back to our uh, the the previous thing about all the experiences that we get are through the sense organs right and then whether we see you know i'm i'm sitting behind there is a sofa or a cushion or what not but i see it only because the sensory organs provide that input and it's perceived inside the mind right now even though it's perceived there needs to be an observer to see that that see the perception right so um the, um so without that observer there is no that did not happen or that didn't uh, that does not exist isn't it so for instance i mean i'm wearing my headphones and i'm sure there are birds uh, chirping here but it doesn't exist for me right now so does it mean that the birds didn't chirp somebody else who is listening to it for them it exists right so couple of points here one is that um Uh, that without the observer uh, or an observer is required to see that that reality is there so when they say everything happens in consciousness right this is something that you will hear everywhere and uh, it, like in lot of these talks and eventually it, it struck me that it's it's without that observer that didn't happen right that's what it means so the um, um, observer being consciousness that's where the um, every experience happens without that it didn't happen Right. so that's one 
from and uh, which also lends to the other side which is then that each one of us has our own experience and so we have our own reality of the objective reality right which is different from somebody else's and so on so each one of us have our own objective reality so what is the absolute reality there is nothing that nothing can be obs- uh, uh, absolute except this observer which seems to be the only constant right otherwise each one of us have separate realities right so uh, th- that's why uh, i i understand the, uh, these uh, spiritual gurus to say that hey this is unreal because the only real is that observer everything else has no absolute reality right because it's my my subjective one yeah 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 so uh, you know that that kind of you know brings me to an interesting uh, you know discussion which i struggled with right and maybe i'm just going to put put it forth here so if 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 everything is mithya and we are all uh, living in this mithya world you know uh, and we are experiencing it so how should we go about it how should we go about our daily life yeah you know i i, I think this is the top down approach uh, you know, we were talking or uh, about the other day i mean the understanding of this and and this identification right um is if you start to identify with that observer more and see everything else as being um as temporary and and objective then i mean that is a path for uh, for uh, um for reaching a point of no fear uh, as you pointed out earlier yeah <clears throat> i must also add that yeah. it's the a path right this is one of the paths i mean so. yeah. i think for a modern sort of scientific yeah, yeah. people ajay yeah, we can't hear you sorry yamina yeah yeah what, what i was saying is that from a modern sort of scientific logical thinking i find it very useful to understand this concept of who am i <clears throat> because it puts everything else into context because otherwise you know if somebody says you know you need samatvam and you need to be sort of you know loving and you need to do this that and the other then you kind of you know you can kind of say okay that's good but why and i think while you know this is only like we discussed only 4% but it kind of really provides that anchor around which you can then start to live your life in a way that you know you are ultimate consciousness and <clears throat> this is only temporary and it will pass to me it's kind of been very very powerful in that in that respect but 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 ajay then there's the what the I, i'm kind of you know uh, stressing this a little bit because this is a very important question that that comes in our minds right there's always a slip between the cup and the lip you know yeah i know but this is what it is okay that consciousness is the only thing rest all is mithya but there's still a, there's still a slip you know i'm not able to experience that so how do i but i'm experiencing something else so there's a that gap how do i bridge that gap in my day to day life that's the question that i'm trying to understand right and chitra you raised your hand yeah. yes um, so i i i'm also thinking about the question you just said uh, and it comes often yes you're true you know yes there is philosophy everything is you know only consciousness is real the rest is not is unreal to put um 
Uh, but uh, I, I have a question. Um, so we just discussed, you know, why why was this world created? Um, you know, because something had to. If there's no reflection, then there is uh, there is uh, you know the consciousness does not has to what manifest. I forget the word uh, you used. Manifest itself somewhere for it to be um, expressed. Um, so obviously, uh, consciousness uh, wants to also. Uh, experience all these things, right? Isn't that why there are so many different people? There are so many different, you know, uh, creations, plants, animals, humans, different kinds of humans, a human who's in one part is different from another part. So I think, yes, uh, we should uh, participate in this world wholeheartedly because that's how the consciousness is getting its its experience that it has come for right because the consciousness wants all these experiences you know what happens if this happens what happens you know i'm uh, trying something and i don't get it what kind of an experience is it i mean i think someone here had also given a story about uh, i can't remember it's ramakrishna paramhamsa or someone who said who was talking about uh, wife, uh, how does it feel to be a married person? And he was not married. And uh, so someone questioned, how can you, I think it was uh, on Alpana, I can't remember who said this. Adi Shankaracharya, when he was Adi having, having a debate. So the wife yes. said, to talk about it, but you're not married, so you're not equipped to talk about it. Yes, yes. I think you said that sometime back. I, I, so it's the same thing, right? So the consciousness needs to experience everything. So the good, the bad, the ugly, everything needs to be experienced by the consciousness. That's why consciousness has created this. So um, I think we, ex we let everything flow through us, but the, I think the important thing is not to hold on to it, or not to hold on to either the sadness or the happiness or the anger or the irritation, you know. I think if he can get, if he can start I think someone else also said, start going into the observer mode more often, then I think you experience it, but you, at the same time, you don't get attached to it. So I think the experience is equally important. I will not say it is not important, but not getting attached is, I think, the... That's the key. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. No, yeah. Chitra, you summarized it very well. And I think, you know, um, I... I I, that's the only way to uh, go beyond rather than to say, okay, I've experienced good. Therefore, now I'm going to experience bad. I'm going to get involved in both of them. Yeah, I'm experiencing good and bad. So both are going to happen. They are bound to happen in this particular material world that, that we are seeing. But with my sense of identification into what Mahesh was saying some time back, if my sense of uh, identification is that, let's say, my mind or my body or my intellect, then I experience the world accordingly but the moment i step back and back from that thing right i i, I think somebody was talking about uh, you know surgery and then uh, uh, without uh, anesthesia somebody getting surgery some some guru and all that because at that point of time they are not identifying themselves with their body at that point of time means that stretch of time right of 5 minutes or 15 minutes or whatever then you don't feel the pain likewise the pain of emotional pain you have to switch switch to the next level, which is intellect level, okay, then, then say, okay, yeah, it is going to happen, bound to happen, you know, today is a good day, tomorrow it's going to be a bad day, you know, and then that, that reminds me of three idiots, right, all is well, 
all is well all the time right and no no, no issues with it we just have to keep remembering all is well all is well and everything will be well cool i see two hands raised uh, kishore and uh, alpana kishore no alpana go ahead please first go ahead kishore oh no no you raise first go ahead i'll not hold that i think i was just going to say i mean i have a different view about about this thing that we have experienced it. i think i keep going back to the same thing we have had millions of births we have experienced everything that needs to be experienced on this earth so why still get entangled in it and if the identity can be moved to that consciousness actually you can see that through this body you through different bodies that you see around the experience is happening so why why get involved and go through that experience and become the observer and use in fact because experience will not stop coming to this body but use that to actually point to the to the consciousness and if you continue to do that it feels I mean, time is just zipping past, and you're not able to hold on to that consciousness. So, the little time that we have, I think, if we can be established in that consciousness, uh, and yes, the mind will react because it has the conditioning of so many. Let it be. You become observer of that as well. It fights. It <laughs> it screams. It gets scared. Feels happiness, sadness. let it be so i have a slightly different take on your answer your question rajesh oh no actually the, your take is expressed in different way it's the same answer that I, i i i at least i perceive it as the same answer it's just that you know you you have to one has to become one has to identify oneself with with a different thing than what we currently identify with today and but unfortunately what happens is in the in that uh, in that moment in that particular day or whatever sometimes we end up identifying ourselves with something else that we are not right for example take the case of anger somebody getting angry all of us who come on tell me you know all of us know getting angry is not the right thing but tell can can we stop ourselves sometime answer is no it happens right and that that instant when it happens and before it happens that instant when it happens if you are able to control it then that anger passes but the point is we have to go through that experience sometimes because we have unfortunately identified as somebody else at that point of time that's what i'm trying the difference that i see is i don't want to change my, my this body and mind let it be i don't want to become a better person in this mind and body let it be of course you know The, the if the body goes and does something bad obviously it'll 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 bear the consequences and then the mind will be unsettled does that want to get into it but that's mind's choice right so leave it to that it will not do bad things also so i think that that's where i have a slightly different take from 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 that that even why do you, why are we trying to even change this body let it be is is and naturally it shouldn't be doing bad things <laughs> even if it does it will bear the consequences <laughs> but yeah uh, no, i see your point uh, yeah, can i can i just say one thing uh, to alpana i mean i think where i'm sort of struggling with that approach uh, alpana is that uh, at one level you're right i mean you know let the body and the mind kind of deal with what they have to do but then are you also not by kind of saying okay let it do right or wrong are you also not leaving the whole sort of karma part yeah. right and, and, and if the objective is that we all have to 
merge into that sort of one consciousness at some level at the at the body mind not some level at the body mind level i need to worry about all my sort of good and bad karmas because that is at the end of the day going to be an important element in the final sort of uh, sort of judgment day if you will for the body and the mind right not for the consciousness yeah, not yeah. for the consciousness the consciousness is never bound no not no, not for the consciousness consciousness is what it is i mean that is like you know it it is a total right you but are from and mind you are no, i'm not but but the body i mean the fact is that in the transactional world i need to worry about how i live my life or i how i should live my life if i don't worry about it and i'm like any random sort of you know doing all the wrong things in life and saying that you know my i i'm consciousness i don't need to worry about i'm i'm struggling a little bit with sort of your approach for that reason i i totally get your consciousness and you know you got to look look sit back and say look i need to you know identify myself with the consciousness as much as i can so that i can take an objective view of of everything but at the body body mind level i i somehow feel like it is important to do the right thing because that with that is kind of essential to achieve the ultimate goal of achieving moksha from the body mind i just I wanted to say, lot of hands have been raised up with that thing <laughs> so so here is what i'm going to do because we have uh, maybe another uh, 10 more minutes i'm going to uh, i'm going to uh, you know we're not going to go by hands it's free flow for the next 10 minutes because it's the most important topic let's go <laughs> so i i wanted to uh, just say that ajay you are absolutely right you you have to think about uh, mind body but where alpana is coming from is she has probably thought about mind body and last how many years she must have gone through all that so she probably is in a different place than who where i am or you are or anybody else is and in that perspective next possible and i i, I can see what alpana uh, is saying and maybe i think that the subtle difference that at least what she's saying and how i'm perceiving it is that if something happens to my to me or my body or how i react to somebody else right uh whether it is pain or sorrow right okay. i can say look it is what it is i'll have to just deal with it i get that right that part but i am coming more from the action side so there is like you know there are things that you will you will face or perceive or you know you deal with that right and if there's sorrow there's sorrow i mean too bad right if there's pain you've got to sort of transcend it right i get all of that from a from that point that i am conscious and i don't need to worry about it and that's probably what a lot of the the more evolved people do i am looking at it more from an action point of view yeah so is, uh, that's where i was yeah. trying to say ajay that you know um, maybe in a month before i had no idea of many things right so i moved on from what i did not know to what i know now of who i am right um, and i'm not, i'm still not able to you know properly explain that but at least i know it inside me from here where i go with with that knowledge of who i am that self realization that powerful person that uh, the one which is like brahman or is brahman right who is that consciousness from there what what i think i see alpana explaining is like why do we even have to bother about mind and body so she is going into that aspect of the consciousness and being that consciousness and not even worried about day to day life of 
correcting ourselves again and again of being very good or whatever your definition of being good is. You know, she's, she's not even going there because she is thinking that consciousness itself is that good. You know, we are at that level. So why do we have to do this small things of um, coming to that position when we are that? So when we are that, then what is the next thing that we have to do is my question, but <laughs> that I know. Uh, oh, sorry. If, 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 if yeah, I may, quickly, uh, you know, I'm totally with Alpana. Uh, there's, a, there's a lovely Beatles song about let it be. And that is all that counts. So just let it be. Yeah, I song. agree with you, Vivek. <laughs> I, I'm thinking, you know, it, like what Alpna is saying, if we, if we always step back and say, I'm the consciousness, then it sort of probably takes the wind out of the sails of the mind body, you know, experiencing that anger or, and, and so it's probably going to bring you to that calm state where, you know, you can do the right thing. Not only that, not only that, Manu, it, when you take that position, what happens is to accept the consequences, the consequences of, of whatever uh, the mind and body has done has to be borne by mind and body. Then you are, you start, you start, we start accepting it. Now that's right. very interesting. Right. Yeah. So I think like always trying to come back to that, that, you know, we need to, uh, I am the consciousness, you know, pulling yourself out of that, that situation, I think will help us do the right thing. So I think, Ajay, what you were saying, you know, how do we do the right thing? I think it will sort of almost, you know, make the mind body do the right thing, because you're not identifying with the mind body at that point in time. Correct. And that's exactly, that's exactly the powerful Nirvana Shatakam, which you know, every day in the morning, we are, we at least we have to repeat to ourselves because we cut. We have to cut new grooves in our mind. At, at the end of the day, what's what's happening is it's the mind and the intellect that has to realize that it is something else beyond the mind and intellect. Unfortunately, the mind and the intellect cover that particular understanding, so we have wrong grooves. It's like a you know the the tape which has got wrong grooves. Now we got to re erase the disc and cut new things on that, and, and the whole whole process what we're trying to do is to cut that new new group so going back to Vidya's point right you know one month back she had a different understanding of who she was and in the last one month some things have changed she started cutting new grooves in her own uh, in her own mind okay and each one of us are in a different stage of cutting those, those kind of grooves which match to the reality of who we truly are and different people are at different stages of cutting those grooves if I may add uh, I I, I just to, uh, you know, I, I, I take a slightly different uh, path. Again, the, I, I, I feel there are multiple paths, right? That's, there's one, that's one thing that I came to realize, that there, there are different ways of achieving that end. And to me, that, uh, what is that end? I think that's the question that was also raised. Okay, now that I have this understanding, what now, right, is, is the question, right? What does it mean? Um, to me, that, that end is actually... How um, well, not the. I don't know if I want to call it the end, but one of the goals would would be the stillness of mind, or or how we you know experience today, here and now. Can I can I have that ease and peace or stillness in mind? And to me, this knowledge is helpful 
to remove the fears in the mind. So, um, if so, when uh, we started off today with uh, Rajesh's summary, where you said uh, Rajesh that you know this is the true nature. If mind's true nature is sattva, and I mean, and and that you want to be as close to that as possible, and the ones that are taking us away from there, the, that's clouding it. We want to slowly dissipate that and remove it. One of the big ones is fear, and the biggest of those fears is the fear of death. So, how can you remove the fear of death, which is totally ingrained in us because of our past experience of death, right? That we have do public speaking a couple of times and we are done. Right. Uh, uh, so, <laughs> I said, do, do public so, speaking for a couple of times and we are done with the fear of death. <laughs> so, um, no, we cannot remove it easily because we are carrying it forward. That memory is there, ingrained in us. So, the knowledge of the self removes the fear of death, right? At its root. So as we absorb that, that fear is gone. Yeah. Now, if you look at other things like the 2KLM3 that disturbs the mind, again, taking it away from its equipoise state by working on it. And this is where, Ajay, I think Samatvam and other practical aspects come into place, which is, can I remain in Samatva? Which, which literally means, am I with my own nature? Now, what, what is that nature? Is that of the observer? Right? That nature, if I say I am in my own, established in my own nature, which means I am the observer because that is my real nature. Uh, yet another way of saying that is, well, if you, if you have read Power of Now or Eckhart Tolle, okay, I want to be present here and now all the time. What does that mean? Try to be, even for a few seconds, try to be in the moment right here and now. You will realize that the only way to do that is if you are the observer. Again, comes down to the same thing. So, um, in other words, all we are trying to do is to stay as close as possible to our real nature. Anything that disturbs us from that position, we want to slowly remove it, right? And to me, this knowledge, the highest knowledge, allows me to remove the fear of death. And give me the, and by removing the fearlessness, again, it allows me to. Stay, um, stay still, right? So my mind becomes uh, less um, uh, waving, uh, wavery and it, it is less agitated because um, many of these fears are taken away. So that's how I, I see where the rubber meets the road, where the practical and the, uh, and the theory come together. And it's not with one or the other, it's uh, how, how you approach it, whether you approach it from the practical side first and then absorb the theory or absorb the theory and then uh, apply it in practice, right? So uh, multiple paths is how I see so, it. So appropriate. So here, when you're talking, oops, here when you're talking about the me, who is this me? Yeah, is it the so, or the yeah, <laughs> yeah, it is the consciousness, right? So uh, then that's where uh, the question then becomes, what is not me, right? And you slowly eliminate body, you eliminate mind, you eliminate intellect. And then what remains is that me. Right? And no, that's so in Nirvana Shatakama uh, as well. And it's like, what is not? And by removing what is not. So um, I'm going to take a step back. So when we are saying, uh, again, we are using the word we, I, I am getting rid of fear. I am uh, using this what is uh, knowledge. Uh, yes. So I, I think um, yeah. un unconsciously or consciously at every point of time when we are talking, we are either identifying ourselves with the intellect yeah. or the mind, Yes. right? 
And this right. is what we're trying to do is we're trying to work on these two. Um, yeah. Because we're identifying with them. If we That's had identified right. with right. uh, consciousness, we would not have to work at all. Correct. Exactly. <laughs> no. Now, uh, here's the interesting thing, though. You're right, right. These things are happening in the mind and we are trying to remove it from the mind. But the instrument we have to understand it is also the mind. Mind. You know, that's where the, uh, you know, it's one of the roles of the mind. And one of the things that, uh, you know, mind is the only instrument we have to understand this as well. So it, it's, a, um, and we are at the same time trying to purify the mind itself. So we are using the mind as an instrument to make it purer. Right, or to remove these uh, these things that we want to remove from it, and uh, and that's the beauty of this, right? <laughs> that um, we are using it as an instrument and as the uh, as the object, object that we are working with. You know, it reminds me it reminds me of that. You know, you, you remember we used to have that. You 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 take a string and you attach a stone and you swing it around, swing it around, swing it around. At some time, you release that stone. Right? We are in that loop. You know, we are. Changing, 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 changing. At one point of time, it will give enough velocity for it to move off into the consciousness domain. Till that time, it's still going on here. In that, I like that example. Uh, I, I know what you all are saying, but trying to put it in a practical sense, right? So, uh, for example, during the day, we encounter a lot of situations. I don't know. Uh, say some, you, you really someone is saying something and you don't like the way that person has said to you, right? At that point, you you bring the consciousness into play and say, well, um, that's his thing and I know what I am and, and separate it out. But when we say don't react at this point, are we saying that uh, keep calm? Yeah. Or what do we do at that point? Or you bring your real nature. What is that real nature? So I, I don't know. That that's the I'm trying towards. I'm trying to understand how do we act that situation, act in that situation, right? So can someone elaborate on that? This is just a question. I, I would like you yeah. to. This, the person this. who heard that or said that is also you. So you're just saying it to yourself. If your left hand beats the right hand, what do you do? Nothing, right? It's you yourself. So, so any reaction also will happen only when you distinguish yourself from the other person. If it's just one, and everyone is just you, you having different experiences through different bodies. So you can let go of this body to have any experience, and any experience other bodies are having that's fine, right? So, so we can to you just say that oh, I am saying that if I was actually, it's a very, very powerful thing. If I was in their shoes with their conditioning in their upbringing in that situation, I would have done exactly the same thing. It's a very, very powerful concept to have. The moment anybody says anything, just say if I was that person in their shoes, with their conditioning of mind, their lives, I would do exactly the same thing. So taking it to a different level now, say you keep calm, right? You keep calm and not say anything. That, that's when the argument starts, right? Why are you not saying anything? That, that, that's, that's another one coming out too, right? So how do you 
how do you I, i'm giving you a real example right so situation like this so, so how do you do what do you do at that point ask them what do you want me to say <laughs> you say, say you, you have to say something right <laughs> no that's a sure remedy for escalation <laughs> so alpna i i have a very related and relevant one uh, i am i am attending a training program and uh, it started with one question and i think the whole program is based on that one question that is uh, think of something uh, which is bothering you uh, what what do you, what do you complain about and that that's where it started and my answer was i don't have any company <laughs> so that negates that whole program which will go on for next few <laughs> months so <laughs> i don't know what to do ashish you're not fit for corporate world anymore <laughs> okay <laughs> and alna i have a question when you're saying that you can just imagine that if you were that person in that with that conditioning and all that i mean how can you even how can you even put yourself completely in their shoes have i mean I, you don't have to imagine just have that concept you need to be convinced about it it's not that you have to put yourself through that i'm just saying just be but you need to that conviction needs to come but the conviction will only think, come from some sort of knowledge or some sort of training or some sort of understanding and it, to me like to assume that you know about where this person is coming from uh you would have done the same thing that's just making an assumption there guna gunesh because you don't have the so you know i'm just thinking of uh, that the uh, sister shivani in that princeton um program yeah. she had uh, mentioned one thing that um you know your real true nature and one of the things she she says about true nature of a human being is also compassion right so i think the minute you uh, don't react in that anger creating situation i think you can bring yourself back to that uh, compassionate you know being that you are and then your response is more of a compassionate nature rather than you know being uh, born out of anger or frustration and so i think that's what it helps us do is to bring us back to you know center which is who we really are so it's 729 and uh, uh, you know i know lakshmi you asked an important question i think we uh, we had uh, multiple uh, uh, you know discussions but i think we have to continue on what you what you asked that's an important question uh, i don't think that we have covered that uh, today but unfortunately vidya so i saw you saw you raise your hand but i apologize we will not uh, we will not have time and i am going to be strictly rajesh in power rajesh in the power vested in you you can always extend for 10 minutes because it's just, if it's such an important question we should extend it i uh, uh okay see the rules are made to be broken <laughs> okay 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 two more minutes not more than that <laughs> two more minutes i'll take 30 seconds i just okay. wanted to Go share uh, lakshmi uh, i have shared with you all in, in girls group that you know uh, our parents are getting older and they are going through quite a bit of uh, problems sometimes and the more alpna talks about being in their shoes and in last one or two weeks what i have seen is the more i am in her shoe 
I'm, I'm actually calmer. I am not reacting. So just a giving a practical example of applying those, instead of worrying about her, I'm actually being in her shoes and I'm much more calmer. And I don't know how to explain, but this, this is what I'm experiencing. But, but Vidya, uh, Vidya and Manu, both, to both your points, uh, Lakshmi, there's another way of reacting to, reacting to the situation also. The other way of reacting to the situation is you, you, you react in exactly the way that you naturally react. Okay, but understand at the back of your mind, whatever consequences are going to come out, you're going to experience those consequences as well. See, what happens for us is we don't want to experience the negative consequences of anger. You get my point? Okay, negative consequences of fear. We don't want to experience that. Therefore, we want to avoid those situations. But rather than that, you go ahead, full head on. Okay. <laughs> One quick point. Then you're, you're a true observer. You're behaving to, the, to our nature. At the point just, of just wear some armor when you do this, okay? <laughs> just one, uh, one more quick point, actually. Um, you know, in the heat of the moment, right? When somebody has said something and we react, uh, if you can also see why we, why do we react, right? Um, it, it, it's because of you know, the thoughts that come in and then based on those thoughts, hey, I, this is bad, you know, the thought that comes in is what they said is bad. And then we start to build up, we engage with that thought and it starts to build up, resulting in us saying something back, which is the reaction, right? The external expression of it. But the, uh, how do you, when we, 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 we say respond versus react, but how do you actually respond? How do you take a step back or give that, few milliseconds to be an observer, right? How does, how do you generate that muscle? How do you build that muscle, right? Is, to me, is the whole thing about mindfulness as an example. I mean, this is where I think being mindful of the thoughts that have arisen, right? And that can, that muscle can be developed uh, through meditation and is, is where I'm connecting meditation into this whole picture. How do you develop that mindfulness is the lower, I would say, one of the lower goals of meditation or uh, lower benefits of meditation that you get, which itself is a big one, by the way. But I'm just saying that um, this is one of the side benefits of meditation, which is, uh, which is to develop that mindfulness. So we are aware that such a thought has come. I shouldn't be engaging with it and let it pass so that I can respond once that passes. All right. Uh, folks, I think we have to really stop today. And trust me, this is this requires a lot more uh, time for us because this is a key. Like what uh, you know, uh, when we started at the beginning, uh, I think Alpana mentioned it. You know, this is a key substance of the entire Gita, and obviously, this this solves a lot of issues. But at the same time, it raises a lot of uh, misunderstandings and wrong concepts. It takes time over a period of time, and that's why we have the rest of the eighteen chapters to clarify all those things. So we will we will uh, we will hold on. We'll stop today. We'll mull it over. We'll discuss in the groups. And maybe, you know, if I can request, the girls' group should be abolished. Looks like we are missing some of the conversations out there <laughs> that, uh, that are relevant for us as well. Just because no. you, are, you are separating us out, which is not fair. 
So you please consider that and bring us back <laughs> to that particular loop, or you get us onto the girls' group also. Either way, okay. <laughs> so <laughs> I think the culprit is me saying that I, we were trying to read Tatva Bodha. So the discussions are on Tatva Bodha. <laughs> so you can you can you know some interesting things like this, which you feel that it may be relevant even for the quote unquote boys. Please post it here also. We are okay with that if you have a separate group. <laughs> with a subset, or there are other people as well. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anyway, that is just a, a <laughs> request. Please consider. <laughs> okay. So one, uh, one thing for this week, if just try to be observer in some situations and just experience what you feel. It is very liberating. I can tell you. Don't do it for all of them, but just try it out. It is. It is a great tool. Yep. I second yeah. that. I had this experience yesterday. That's why my question came. So <laughs> we could feel that. I can imagine that. And I didn't say anything. And then I just went with the flow. And there was uh, the, there was so much silence there. So. <laughs> all right. So you know we are all we we are all kind of you know wading through uh, you know asat and sat and uh, you know ignorance and light and uh, death and mortality so we'll stop and with our concluding prayer om asatoma sadgamaya tamasoma jyotirgamaya mrut Mrutangamaya Om Shanti 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 Om Tat Sat Sarvejana Sukhino Bhavantu Hari Om everyone. Have a blessed Sunday, and uh, for the next for the next uh, GD, we will do eighteen and nineteen, but we will also regress to sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen. So four we will cover. Okay. okay. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Thank you. Bye bye. Thank you. Bye. -bye. Thank you. Bye. -bye. Bye, -bye.